Hi, my name is Glory. I'm a second year student studying at the Bartlett School of Architecture in London, originally from Hong Kong. And I'm Yan Shan, a second year architecture student, and I'm into musicals, oil painting, movies, and embarrassingly into self-help and Richie Biscuits. You're listening to Designing Thoughts with the Archigals, a podcast where we talk about working and creativity, living well, the human condition with relationships, and life experiences. Before we get into the podcast, I would just like to ask for a small favor. It would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or leave a comment on our YouTube channel just to let us know how you feel about the podcast and other topics you'd be interested in hearing in. Hi everyone, welcome back to our podcast. I'm your host, Glory, and this is my co-host, Yanshan. So today, our podcast is going to be a book review of the book The Fountainhead by Anne Rand, which is a novel published in 1934. So it's a novel essentially about um, individualism versus collectivism, and we thought it was an interesting book to analyze because of the fact of the heavy theme in architecture, which happens to be the course that we're both studying in university. So we thought it would just be nice to discuss about this book and our thoughts about it, including individualism and also connecting it with our experience in architecture. So yeah, so first of all, we're just going to do a quick summary of the book for those who don't know it, but you don't need to have read the book to be able to enjoy this episode because I think the themes are quite general, so we'll just go through the book. But um, this is spoiler, I guess, the summary part. Yeah. Actually, the whole review will probably be a spoiler, so if you're thinking of reading it. But we're just saying you don't need to know the book in advance because the themes can be generally discussed. So yeah, we'll just do a quick summary of the book with spoilers ahead. Okay, do you want to start the first part? Yeah, sure. So, um, the book kind of um, follows this person called Howard Rourke, which is a young architecture student that got expelled from his architecture school due to the fact that he refuses to follow the school's traditional rules in designing. So, in contrast to his classmate Peter Keating, he receives praise from the school for following their expectation, but secretly asks Rourke for help. Rourke goes to a disgraced architect for work whom he admires, whereas Keating goes to a prestigious architecture firm to work. So Keating receives success almost instantly, while Rourke almost never gets recognition. A socialist architecture critic, Ellsworth Tuhi, uses his influence to promote his political agenda and tries to distort Rourke's career. So Rourke also comes across Dominique Franken, who becomes his lover and happens to be the daughter of the prestigious architect that Keating works for. And she thinks that nonconformity has no chance of winning, so she goes between helping Rourke and working to undermine him. Yeah, so then after that, Keating marries Dominique instead of the woman that he loves. And then he realizes that like his best buildings were all built by, were all designed in part by Rourke. So he kind of becomes like a has-been as well and he doesn't really have many jobs in the end and Rourke gets more and more ridiculed by the architectural community while this architecture critic called Tuhi um, especially is the one who like targets him and really brings down his career but then he makes a few powerful friends like for example Gil Wynan who is actually Dominique's new husband after she breaks up with Keating I like this story is very circuitous but anyway and then so like Gail Wynan really really likes him and looks up to him and his work, but then after that he suffers by losing his media empire over his support for Rourke. Rourke, yes, and then Rourke built one last building for Wynan in the end, and he also marries Dominique. 
Yeah. So there's actually a scene we I think we missed, but basically Rourke was accused of something. I forgot, but he was ended up being in a court scene and he had to essentially like give a speech about like individuality and how he doesn't want to conform to what society tells him to do. And that was like a very powerful scene. And in the end, I think he won the crowd over and which is why he built the last building for Wynan and ends up marrying Dominique. So that was, I guess, the entire summary of the story. Um, so as you could tell, it's a lot of individualism versus collectivism um, inside, which is almost as if Rourke is fighting against the entire society mm-hmm. or the collective group of people who represent architecture or, say, the public who doesn't agree with his work and his views or, like, say, his talents. Um, so it's a lot of him fighting against the the grain yeah. and like what society and the public expects of him yeah so there are very few characters who are not part of like this faceless mass of people who are the same so the people who stand up would be like him Dominique Rourke. and probably Tuhi I feel like the yeah. rest are pretty much even Keating is like part of the like the same mindset as other as the other characters in the story so it's like it's a bit he- Keating of, is like uh, the extreme version yeah. of what a person who conforms to society would look like in the lens of the author. Mm, yeah. So uh, apparently Ayn Rand wrote the novel to project her ideal man, what she thinks an ideal man is. So that involves like a very strong moral ideal where the guy really really sticks to his ethics and what he believes and that is considered good in her eyes to like never waver in what you believe and what you think and then to also yeah be like very much the same in terms of morality and also in terms of ability it's like always quite innate whether you have the talent or not Mm. and if you do have the talent then not letting other people persuade you otherwise yeah, and also very emotionless. So at one point in the story, Rock actually gets angry because he he lets his job mean so much to him, and also Dominique also gets angry because she likes Rock so much. And I guess it's quite interesting because like Ayn Rand's ideal of a guy is quite uh, emotion emotionless about needing other people, but very much passionate about their work, like super passionate. Yeah, but in a sense, I felt like in the book, like, Rourke received help from other people. So technically, it doesn't make sense for the author, or I guess, I don't know if we're assuming this, that they don't need help and truly believes that they're going to make it themselves. And yeah, I think you describe um, Anne Rand's, like, uh, ideal man quite well. And obviously her belief that individualism is superior to collectivism so I guess in a sense she thinks like almost everyone should be like Rourke and like fight for Mm -hmm. his own ideals and stuff but I guess in a way like sometimes I think about it I'm like is it really okay for every person to be like Rourke then will society still function in the same way you know yeah um yeah. And also because Rock is such an extreme I'm not sure whether she wants everyone to be like Rock maybe she just thinks that that's the idea that we should all work towards yeah Yeah. but I don't think that he's like a very he's definitely not the kind of person that I want to become but then I guess the point of the story is to compare Keating and Rock where they're on both different sides of the spectrum and 
maybe yeah. come to the conclusion that we should be somewhere in the middle. That's like my conclusion, because my conclusion is like, I don't want to be either of them. Yeah, they're both very extreme. Like, Rourke is like, I'm right, like, you have to listen to me, and nothing you say is going to change my mind. And Keating is like, the extreme opposite of that, where as soon as somebody says something, he'll be like, okay, okay, let me like, follow what this person has to say because of the prestige that's going to follow after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And wrong, yeah. like for example, when she speak, when he speaks to people, he never butters them up. He doesn't even try to make conversation. He just listens to them yeah. speak, and then says like, "Okay," and then like walks away. He doesn't try at all. Yeah, he doesn't. He really doesn't try yeah. at all. Yeah, he believes that like if his work is good, then people will come to him. And I feel like I used to believe this a bit that like if your work is good, people will notice. But I don't know. I just feel like it's definitely not true. Yeah, because the thing is, you're. I mean, in a way. Ran is saying like you shouldn't let society affect what you believe in and your stance but it's like what if you're wrong you know like what if what if your work is not actually that good and it's all it's also the thing like with architecture and like i guess everything art related because in the book they use architecture as the main field that Rourke and keating is in but i think just in general with anything that's kind of art related like creative objective yeah how are you supposed to know that your really that good because it takes a lot of confidence right so i guess that's what she's saying like rourke has so much confidence that his work is good Mm. but then who are we to say that i know my work is good therefore it must be good yeah because but she also has lots of disdain for like critics though because like if you like to answer your question if if who's to say that your work is good i guess like critics and like the public so okay maybe not the public like experts in the field or other critics and Tuhi in the in the book is like a architecture critic so technically he does know what is good and what is bad yes but in a way I guess in the book they're they were trying to use Tuhi because he's kind of the villain in the book right mm. so he was using his power and authority over like in the magazine or like the press to like form the public opinion on Rourke's work and like really turn the because I guess the critic forms what the public opinion is. Because the mm-hmm. public will be swayed by the critic. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's still very subjective. If only a small circle of people has an opinion on your work and that influences the majority of people on your work, especially with something that's very art-related and creative, then I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to get at, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is very hard to like really tell what is good or not because... So you're saying that it's hard opinion, to know. But yeah. maybe but maybe what she's trying to get at is that because it's so hard to tell, and also because you can't really trust critics, really the only way to tell is to know it Believe yourself. Believe in yourself. Yeah. Okay. But you still have... I, like, I feel like you still have to, like, evolve. Okay, well, I guess... Yeah, that's, I feel like book. that's a problem I have the, with the character as well, that, like, he doesn't really evolve. Actually, he doesn't evolve at all. Like, even when he graduates from school to when he builds his... <laughs> last building in the book he still the same built the same kind of buildings and yeah he's also act kind of the same I guess I mean there's definitely like progression as in he worked what he works hard that's yeah, true yeah he worked hard and I guess the, the point I was trying to say that he did get help in a way like because he went to work for this disgraced architect right so he must have learned something there yeah um and then he also met dominique but i guess in a sense like i get what you're saying like the base part of his personality never changed so he kind of remained the same 
throughout the story except when the situation arises and he needs to speak up for what he believes in that's like the only time it changes a little bit otherwise he's like very like uh like he's very like calm and he's just there yeah as a that's person, true yeah. and the thing is i don't know like you you know how he chases the fact that he is so um individualistic and he does his own thing but he doesn't really mm. chase after mm. like the thing as in i feel like some of the things ha- that happened like the reason he kind of got where he was at towards the end is all based off of pure chance but i guess mm. it also makes sense to say that he i think in the book he mentioned that he fame was never the reason like he just mm. liked what he was doing which i appreciate i yeah. suppose yeah which is also doesn't really make sense to me in the sense that like maybe if he had gone out to promote himself and promote his vision he would have gotten more things built in his vision as well yeah right actually that makes a lot of sense like if he really cared then i feel like he would have done something to like actively try and like expand the circle and opportunity of his work yeah but But maybe what ayn rand is trying to get at also is that that would require compromise and he knows that compromise is like not for him (laughs) yeah i guess so but it's almost as if he's like very is it is egotistic the right word like it's so much confidence in himself that he thinks he doesn't need it like he just knows it he's like i don't need to show other people but i know that i'm good type of thing yeah that's another problem that i have with this character is that he's his talent is so innate and she makes it so clear that no one else is talented like basically everyone else is bad and his work (laughs) is good yeah except for like, like henry cameron because he looks up to him. Yeah. But he so, was also disgraced. Yeah, so maybe that's interesting. Like, that's what... That's a perspective that she's writing the book from. Like, his perspective. So, literally in his eyes, like, he's literally the only good one. And everyone else is bad. Which I guess is a little bit problematic. Like, if you apply that to, like, a scenario in real life. Because yeah. I don't think you could survive without, like, social connections. And, yeah. like, compromising with other people. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Like, I feel like the only reason Rourke succeeded, su- succeeded in quotation marks, is because of his luck, the scenario, the people he met along the way, which liked him. Like, he didn't actually try to be friends with them. So it was all out of pure luck yeah. in the end. For him, yeah. everything is so black and white. People either like him or dislike him, or are yeah, sexually yeah, yeah. attracted to him or not. It's so... <laughs> I feel like obvious. the book is very black and white. Anyways, because I feel like Anne Rand, like, she was just trying to make a point as an author. So she re- maybe she needed, like, very extreme, like, scenarios to, like, get her point across. But, yeah. I mean, it's just, we all know that in real life, it's not that extreme and not as black and white. Yeah. So, yeah. So how and do you yeah. think this has affected you in terms of how you will treat other people, I guess? Or, like, think of yourself. Do you think you want to be more, like, rock? I don't... I think... Um, okay, I need to make a point that I actually quite enjoyed reading the book. Like, I mm-hmm. felt like the plot was quite interesting. And the characters... I think they were just interesting to read and, like, how they think. But I think we have the same views with, like, the limitations of the characters and the problems we had, specifically, like, with Rourke and, like, the other characters. But overall, I quite enjoyed the book. Um, but yeah, in terms of, like, the way I'm going to treat people and, like, also myself, I think... 
the book um what how do i say it like the, i think the most important thing for me like after i read it i think is having like more confidence in like my abilities mm-hmm. especially in like the creative field cuz i felt like sometimes you really need to like push your own agenda and like push your own work because if you're not going to be the person to do it like no one's going to push you as hard as you can that was kind of like the main takeaway for me and also like believing in like the style you have and also the work that just the work you produce in general because i think it's so easy for us because we have so many critics around us like especially also in architecture school and our tutors like it's very easy to like point the bad stuff out mm-hmm. and i feel like for me like i just really need to like kind of believe in myself and also tell myself that like there's good qualities in the work that i produce like not everything is bad and also not just like following blindly like what people say what yeah what people say Especially is like good work. yeah like kind of question the system and just but it's all like a balance you know you can't do too much of like each thing otherwise yeah. you kind of become keating or roar <laughs> okay what about probably you? explain a bit about keating so keating as a character is very submissive he <laughs> is like the captain of the how like student council and many sports teams. Basically, and he was top of his class. He got yeah. all the prizes. He dates. Yeah. He dates like the. Okay, to be fair, he, he didn't date the prettiest girl at the start, but so basically the it's interesting because he and then he gets like the best job in the field, and then he but he's like so much so influenced by his mom, and he also the only thing that's genuine about him is probably his love for Katie. Which is like a very normal, average, mediocre girl based on the book. Yeah, but he doesn't let himself like marry her because obviously he'd rather marry someone else who is more successful and connected socially, and that turns out to yeah. be Dominique. Yeah, which liked Rourke. <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think like Keating as a character is like pretty spineless, but he's also very much relatable. Like to me at least, like I really related to him because. It just is easy when you're doing well and coasting in life to just continue on that path and expect that things will turn out well. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing with Keating is I think a lot of people are like that, like chase what the general public perceive as good. It's kind of like going to a good university, high rankings, take a prestigious job, work at like a well-known company. Like who doesn't want that? Like, mm. being honest, obviously. Um, but I do think, like... It's, I think for me, it's very much kind of what you said, like, in the middle. Like, taking a balance of both. Like, yes, it would be nice to work in a well-known company and go to a good school. But only if you really like that. Like, you truly believe in yourself that that's what you want and not what your parents or what the people around you want from you. That I think it makes sense. Um... Yeah, and sometimes almost with, like, unconventional careers, I think um, doing those, I think it's kind of, like, in the middle where you need to, because you need to sustain yourself with, like, financial support. Like, Mm. you need to be stable, right? But, which is, I guess, what people also expect of you. So it's kind of, like, doing what you really like, but also being able to, like, provide for yourself, which is kind of what people around you expect of you anyway. So I feel like that's kind of, like, a balance yeah already. this reminds you of like that that conversation we had about suffering as an artist because like you're ex- that i think what you said is right like you're expected to provide for yourself and your family but ayn rand's ideal man is only expected to 
be like a tortured artist who wants to yeah. create his own vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really true. Because actually, he has a family. No. <laughs> I can't, I can't remember. Like, he had nobody to provide with, so he can do whatever the hell he wanted. So, mm. I guess in a way, like, it made sense for him to behave that way if he doesn't have that many responsibilities, anyways. Like, he can just not eat for a week and, like, live off, I don't know, someone else's apartment. Like, he doesn't care. For him, like, his work is the imp- most important thing. Mm. Which is a little bit toxic, I guess, for, like, people our age or, like, I guess just in the modern world, but. I think it worked for the book, so mm. it was okay. Um, yeah, and I think another thing I wanted to talk about with Keating is that, like, it made sense for him to follow that path because I think a lot of people our age and even now in this day are following kind of like, I guess, a relatively similar path. But I think for Keating, the reason why it's so extreme for him is because it reaches a point where he actively like betrays himself and he doesn't actually care what he wants anymore and it's all about like how other people view him because in the beginning when he graduates top of his class he goes to a prestigious firm to work like i feel like it's all fine until he kind of betrays himself like by abandoning his ex-girlfriend like katie Mm -hmm. who was like an average girl and he actually liked her but Mm -hmm. he thought oh, it wasn't good for his social standing because he's, like, a prestigious architect now, so she, he can't be seen with her anymore. Mm-hmm. So he actively, like, dumps her and moves on to Dominique. So I feel like that's where he, like, actively betrays himself, and he chases all of these big projects and, like, betrays himself when he knows he might not have the ability to execute them to, like, a good standard, which is why he asks Rourke for help. So I feel like this is the point where it gets, like, too out of hand, and I don't think people in real life would go that far I don't yeah. know what do you think I think that's pretty interesting because also I didn't realize that that was probably the only time when he actively destroys what he wants well to be fair I feel like there are a few turning points the first of all is when he wanted to be an artist but his mom wanted him to be an architect so he did that and then after that when he wanted to marry KT but then his mom didn't want him to so he oh. didn't do that I feel like there's a lot of his mom being involved like his mom wanted him to marry Dominique this is a very Asian parents thing but he's not Asian yeah I was thinking that even the way that she speaks to him is so Asian in the sense that it guilt trips you by portraying yourself as like oh you don't care about me like I'm not important don't worry about me just focus on yourself but if you cared about me you would do this and this and this oh yeah that's so guilt trippy yeah, she really guilt trips it. At one point, she's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't think anything. Like, it's all up to you. But if you really wanted to know, then this, 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 this. I think Katie's the oh. wrong fit, something like that. Yeah, so I think so I really sad. recognize, like, the Asian parent mindset in those stories. Yeah. That's so sad. I feel so bad for Keating. Yeah. The thing but, is, I feel like mm. he kind of sees it, but he actively tries to ignore it and betray himself. Yeah, also because every time he talks to Rock, he always, Ayn Rand always makes a point to mention that the praise or criticism that comes from Rock matters so much more to him than anyone else's. So he kind of knows that, like, everyone yeah. else's opinion doesn't matter. He just, like, pushes it away. You're right. Yeah. That's so... <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you asked me how it changed, like, how I was going to view, like, other people or treat other people and myself right so what about you like yeah what do you think? 
I think that I do want to be more like rock because I think it is not the ideal. It is an ideal for some people, but I think that it by reading the book, it's a really long book. It's like seven hundred pages. It really shows me that. Sometimes you have to like fight for what you want, and you can't just follow what people like because in the end you also end up a bit empty and a bit hollow and not really knowing what all of it was for. Whereas for Rock, I like the fact that he always knew what it was for. Like I read a, a review which said that this is a kind of book you must read in your when you're in uni, and I think it's kind of true. It's like something that yeah. you read when you don't know what to do with your life. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's true, especially and it was even more relevant for us because. She picked architecture as the field, so、yeah. it was quite interesting to see like how she phrased architecture.、Mm. And I、yeah. feel like we haven't really spoken about that theme. About what? The theme of architecture. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about the theme of architecture. Well, I think in terms of how she's treated the architecture, you can kind of tell that I guess she did a lot of research, but some parts also don't really make a lot of sense as. A student. I don't know much about the industry, also obviously, but also like the fact that like he had quite a few commissions, and for some architects, that's like a really big over of work already. Like some of the Wait, really top architects. Oh, you mean Rourke had a few commissions? Yeah, he he had quite a few buildings, and I feel like in the book she makes him build the buildings like really fast, like in eighteen months, which is actually <laughs> really fast. Yeah. He also yeah. like designs whole buildings in two weeks, which is like a bit <laughs> Not crazy. Not possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The thing is, um, Anne Rand like she didn't know anything about the field of architecture beforehand, so she needed to do like lots of research, right? And then it says that she thought that architects provide like both art and a basic need for、uh, men's survival, which is why she picked that, um, as a field.、Mm-hmm. So in a sense, were, she was also talking about like the time periods and like in the improvements of architecture, where like certain architects had to like. Kind of like catalyze the movement of like changing architecture in terms of the style and stuff. So it's almost like I think it's it's just essentially like the conflict between innovation and tradition. Because in the beginning of the book, the very beginning of the book is where Rourke gets expelled from the architecture school by arguing with the dean of his school.、Mm-hmm. So the dean in an opening chapter tells Rourke that the best architecture must copy the past rather than innovate. Or improve,、mm. which is quite stupid to us when in the book it's made so obvious that it doesn't make any sense to copy like Corinthian columns and stuff. But I feel like in our context, it's actually really relevant because even though we say, "Oh, that's a bit stupid. Why would you copy those columns?" I still look at like past work in my school of like seniors and stuff who win prizes or even. Architects who have built stuff, and I do think like, oh, I should copy this concept. I copy this. So I'm not sure that I agree with with her view, with Ayn Rand's view also that architecture should be very utilitarian. Like, if a column is there, it has to be there. There cannot be any ornament on it. And I also don't really agree with her view that architecture can't copy from the past because I guess that's what she's fighting for in Rock's vision.、Mm-hmm. But there. Quite a few architects and famous architects as well who like consider architecture to be basically like putting together what other people have built in the past and to making it into a new building. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, right? Because she's not actually in the field of architecture, so 
I don't think we should take her views on architecture that seriously. Because, mm. I mean, she's only using architecture as a vessel to bring out her entire point of, like, individualism versus collectivism, right? Like, architecture is just a vessel. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Especially in the front that, like, um, we look at the book and we're like, oh, that's really stupid. But it's kind of happening in the same way. But except for, like, copying, like, old buildings, it's, like, past work that succeeded, say, in our school's curriculum you would look at it and say, oh, like, should my work look more like that? And mm. in order to, like, gain the praise of, like, tutors and, like, the school's recognition in order to be, like, a good, actually a good student in the Bartlett, um, an architecture school. Yeah, so I think it's still really relevant to um, us as architecture students. Yeah. Because, and the thing is also, I don't think creativity or any creativity project can just come out of nowhere like you need yeah. to have some sort of basis as say like research or like some precedents that you're looking at it can't just come from nowhere because that i don't think it works like that you yeah. know like it needs to have a basis or like references that you looked at and that kind of becomes the basis of your work rather than just creating out of like pure nothing i think well definitely not copy right like you obviously you can't directly copy but I think it's kind of like taking elements that you enjoyed or you mm -hmm. like and kind of applying it. Yeah, applying it in a different way yeah. to what you're designing, I think. Yeah, I think you're right about that definitely not taking architecture views too close to heart. But another theme that she also talks quite a lot about inside is about... Actually, but when I read it, I thought it was really good for me because... As someone who like doesn't think about architecture as something that other people really think about and look up to, it was really nice to see like someone else's point of view of the industry and what it means. Because it, you're right, it is like the intersection of like art and survival and science and physics and maths, and it's such a like a nice balance. I always forget that. That's yeah. kind of like one of the reasons why I like it. So it was, it was a good reminder. Yeah, I guess it. Well, I think that's the reason why I liked it because it was almost like an arts, humanities, and science like subject. Because mm -hmm. it's like everything combined. You have the people living in it, you have the structural integrity, and then you have like the aesthetics elements. So I feel like it kind of all comes to life together, and kind of using that as like a foundation of where the story takes place, and talking about like kind of like the inner struggles of people in the field, and. The kind of like conflict that people have in themselves and also with other people i just felt like was a quite a new perspective to look at especially the book was written in like 1934 so it was just nice to like look at it when because i read it two years ago so that was like how many years is that but anyway it's just like a long time from when it was written i don't want to do the maths yeah <laughs> yeah that's true i think it, you're right it's like pretty relevant even to now the themes that we grapple with in all arts actually uh, even all pursuits like even if you do like creative coding or, or normal coding or like engineering and like the struggle between innovating and writing new code which you haven't thought about and also just like following the old ways and like doing what people used to do before I think something yeah. else which was, she brought up quite a lot was the influence of uh, criticism and media Mm. on art because there's so many characters who are deeply involved in media Dominique is like a writer for a newspaper and so is Tuhi and so and Wynan actually owns like a big media empire so mm. to her the relationship between what people write and what people basically like what 
media people consume and what people consider to be good and their value system is like very close and direct yeah i think like even though we don't know it but i feel like a lot of our views are definitely like shaped by the media like even though we say like we i think we like to think it's not which is i guess why the for a government is so important for like media censorship and like to get a hold of like what actually is played on the media which is i guess a very big theme but yeah i think it's kind of like everything is like interlocked together like with art and say in the book like architecture is very much like dependent on the media because in a way that you can grasp like the the public's view on a certain thing because even in the book like too he was trying to like push his own political agenda Mm -hmm. through his like critic column Mm -hmm. by like criticizing like Rourke's architecture for example and Mm -hmm. I I forgot what he said but he was saying how like it was kind of going against his political stance so people need to like reject his work in a Mm -hmm. way so it was like very like manipulative Mm -hmm. in like the way that he yeah 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 because that's how people are controlled. I guess it sounds a bit antiquated now when we have videos and stuff and handphones. But I think it was quite interesting also how even though she considers that to be the main way that people are swayed, and people are swayed so easily in her book, by the way, she still writes that like <laughs> people don't read the columns. For example, like Dominique's column... Um, I think Dominique also mentions like, oh, no one actually reads it. Like, I don't... But... The people who read it, like Tuhi and Wynan, are like very influenced by it, and therefore they influence other people, like the masses as well. So, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Like everything has influence, even if nobody really consumes it, as long as it's consumed by the right people who have an agenda, yeah, then it's influencing you in some way. Yeah, let's talk about like our, I guess like kind of just discussion and complaints about like characters Ooh. and the plot feel like it's a nice discussion yeah so kind of like going back to Rourke because he's the main character and I feel like there was so much things we can like talk about him I think I said this before but I think my main issue with him is that he is okay he's an inspiring character but for me he's almost very godlike mm-hmm. as a person like you wouldn't find that type of person in real life mm-hmm. so I feel like he's almost too perfect of a man like it doesn't show the internal struggles of a human being it's almost as if he knows like exactly what he wants and his values since he became an architecture student which is like what you said like he never really changed that much which would be very different especially for us because I feel like we developed a lot in um, university mm-hmm. yeah and we're gonna continue developing like as we go out but for him he kind of just remained the same and then mm-hmm. it's kind of like the question I asked like what makes him so sure that he believes like what he believes is correct and I guess also for me like I guess Rourke is a is a tool uh, like a vessel that um Anne Rand wanted to use to like convey her thoughts which is why in the courtroom scene when he was being accused of like I forgot what he was being accused of which is really bad because it's essential to the plot but anyways I think he was just accused of like doing something bad on the architecture like field front and like too he really wants to bring him down to like prove a point to Dominique I think yeah but it, was just... it was something to do with the statue wasn't it it was about the statue which he made of Dominique oh yeah something like that but and essentially... it was like objectifying or something maybe but yeah and then I guess the point I'm trying to make is like in the courtroom like he because 
it was like his defense scene. So he kind of made a lot of lengthy speeches that almost breaks the fourth wall, which is like as if the writer was speaking directly to the reader through the characters. And in his speech, he was talking about how like, oh, everyone is just like following what everyone wants and they're not really thinking about themselves like they're just mindless people like walking around and how he's the only one that can like see this pattern and like jump out of this sea of people that follows what everyone is saying and i just look at it like like it makes sense in a book but like if someone were to say that in real life i think they would just be very arrogant you know it's mm. almost as if he knows which is the godlike trait like he thinks he's just correct at yeah. all times which is yeah i think a, a bit of an issue but like it worked in the book okay i think to counter those points the last one about it being very preachy and not realistic i guess the whole point of iron Rand's writing is not for it to be realistic also it's well, just like yeah. to project it as an ideal and also like she re- she wrote the book kind of as a manifesto as well so i guess mm. that was kind of what she was going for but yeah. i agree like it makes him seem like a kind of an asshole like at that particular <laughs> moment he's asshole like throughout the book but at that particular yeah, moment he... was like quite bad yeah he is <laughs> yeah another thing also is that um because you say that like he doesn't really show the the struggles of a human being like he doesn't really know what he uh, uh, he knows what he wants but he always had it even though i said this just now i also feel like he does know what he wants to learn as well so he goes for the things that he wants to learn and he knows like the things that he needs to survive. So he knows that, for example, he needs to go to Stanton. If he didn't know that, then he wouldn't even have gone to uni, I guess. And then he knows that he wants to learn from Henry Cameron, like this particular architect. So he goes and goes and search searches for it. And I I guess that shows that he knows that he has to grow in some way. He just grows in a very like linear way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Like everything, I feel like he kind of like sets out everything in his head. Like, mm. this is what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to achieve. Like, mm-hmm. he knows exactly what he wants and, like, how that's going to happen and unfold in his life. I guess the only thing that was unexpected in his life was, like, Dominique, which mm. was the most interesting part of the book, I guess. But it was weird because she... Essentially, she married, like, three different characters in the book. Like, she married yeah. Peter Keating. And then she married Gail Wynan. And then she married, like, Rourke. Yeah. <laughs> we can move on to her. She's such a strange character. She's she very, very hard strange. to untangle because she's portrayed as knowing a lot and being able to differentiate in Ayn Rand's eyes between good and bad, but yet like hiding it on purpose. Like she's just like if she sees this beauty in the world, she would rather no one gets it than she has to share it with other people. Yeah, she was very confusing as a character. I remember, like, reading what she was saying, and then I got so confused, because I was like, I thought she was supposed to be helping Rourke, but then she was actively, like, working against him, and I was like, I don't understand what's going on. And then I realized afterwards that, it's what you said, like, because she realizes, like, the beauty in Rourke and his passion and, like, his determination to, like, pull through, Mm. but she feels like it's not actively, like, viewed as valued in society, so mm. she just like works against him and she's mm. like okay let me just prove to you that actually you're not gonna be valid in society and I'm gonna like help you prove that I'm correct 
Like, yeah. even though even though I think it's nice, but I'm gonna work against you and prove to you that nobody actually values it, so whatever. And it, it just boggles my mind, like, why she would do that. I don't understand why. Yeah, when she sees something that she likes, she just wants it to be destroyed. Or she doesn't want... Like, she wants herself to suffer, which is so weird. Yeah. I, and I she guess likes in the suffering. end... In the end, it worked out because she married Rourke. Yeah. But, but still, I was very confused with the whole progression of yeah. the relationship. She just does things until she's bored of it. And it has no purpose. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... I, actually, I feel like this is the part of the book where I just don't understand. Like, yeah. I don't understand why she needs to work against I feel Rourke. like also a very problematic part of her, which a lot of people raise, was that she likes being violently have had checks to have sex like very violently she and then she calls it rape in the book she calls yeah she actually what call, happened okay rape. so the scenario was that actually the first time that Rourke and Dominique met I think it was on a construction site yeah and like Rourke was very poor so he was like working to like earn money and stuff and then they met and then for some reason like Dominique invited him to her room or something and then I guess essentially like Rourke oh but the time her. that he raped her he went to his her room without her asking for it. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, like, so, so yeah, he, so Dominic, like, invited her him to the house a few times, but, like, the time when he raped her, like, he wasn't invited. Which I guess makes oh. it rape. Yeah, like, she had no consent, basically. Yeah. He just did it. And then, in the book, like, she called it rape, but then at the same time, she was saying how she also, like, enjoyed it because of, like, the authority, like, he had over her. And he, she was, like, submissive. And I was very, like, shocked reading that part because I don't understand. Like, actually, I don't understand the point of it being in the book. Maybe you can, maybe you, you have a few points, but I actually don't understand why that needed to be in the book. And I guess that was kind of, like, a lot of, like, criticism that Anne Rand got was, like, she was essentially, like, supporting rape. And yeah. it was, like, it, it was, like, very not feminist because she was, like, a woman so, yeah, I guess female readers were just mad about it. But I also understand that, like, if that's your sexual preference, then you're free to do whatever you want, I guess, if you really enjoy that. Like, the, the, the thing is, it only worked because she liked Rourke. Like, yeah. if she didn't, that would But be... that's the thing about Rourke. He knows what He knows is that right. she likes him. He knows what's right also. Like, he knows that that yeah. was the right thing to do. He knows the right thing to do was to rape Dominique. Oh, my days. That was so, so <laughs> bad. A... Yeah, that sounds so bad. But I guess it, it just worked in the book because again, Rourke is very godlike, so he knows exactly what he should do. Yeah. And like what's correct. Like, yeah. So it's very weird. But I mm. guess like you said, it, the book is not realistic, so whatever. But I didn't understand why that needed to be in the book. Like it didn't provide any value to the progression of the story. I guess it it was also essential to show that Rock knows things to this extent and he also is like a human being who like wants to have sex I guess if not he would just be like super featureless <laughs> okay yeah okay well I do have to agree that I felt like the dynamic between Rourke and Dominique was like very interesting to read but yeah I don't necessarily agree with that part of the book but um <laughs> we can we can move on from that I guess yeah so yeah. the other character would be Peter Keating what do you think is wrong with Peter Keating I think he is actually <laughs> quite well, we said, like, he understandable 
Yeah, but we said like he actively betrays himself just now. That's true. So that was like my problem with him. But mostly, I feel like he's a quite normal character in like real life. Like I would think a Peter Keating exists in yeah. real life, not to the I, extent where yeah. they betray themselves. Yeah, he also betrays himself, and he also listens to other people way too much. And I feel like even his twisted notion of always going to rock for help and then trying to like pay him off to do it. He just has like a very gray moral compass. Yeah. He never gives Rourke credit, but Rourke doesn't ask for credit, but he just I don't know. Like... He also knows that like Dominique likes Rourke, but yet he wants her really badly. He wants basically everything that Rourke wants. But he's willing to do anything to get it. So like he like edges out his competitors in the firm and stuff to get to become a partner, right? But that's just so great. Like the moral compass the, to yeah, do that. The thing is I think he he gains kind of everything he wanted, but he's never actually happy, which is he almost uses Rourke to like prove to himself that he's happy. Like he goes to mm. Rourke and like tells him all of the achievements mm-hmm. he had and then Rourke is like, okay, whatever, like, yeah. I don't care. And then he, like, Peter Keating would get really mad that Rourke doesn't care. And he really wants Rourke to, like, approve of him. But Rourke obviously never approves of him, right? So I feel like he's almost as if, like, he wants to lie to himself. It's almost as if if Rourke approves, then it means that the world must approve him. Because, like, some part of him is, like, still unconvinced that yeah. he really got, like, everything he wanted. And I guess it's, like, person. like those celebrities who say that, like, the whole world likes them, but, like, the only person, only people that matter are actually very few. Like, you can count them on one hand. Which I guess is the case with Peter yeah. Keating, where, like, the whole world really does like him. And the only person who doesn't is Rock. Therefore, he wants Rock's approval the most. Which is actually, really, actually, the, the relationship between Keating and Rock is, like, very interesting because mm, because yeah. Rourke kind of I guess he low-key despises Keating right but he still helps him I guess it's yeah. for the sake of the work that Keating has and he doesn't so he can do the oh, work oh there's something else as well like the fact that he finds it so painful and emotionally draining to like look at a bad plan or to see a bad building like it physically hurts him so I guess that's what pushes him to help Keating as well like when the plan is bad there's a paragraph in the book where he mentioned that he cannot bear for this building to be built because it's just so bad like that he has to help Keating <laughs> he's like I can't stand it anymore <laughs> like, yeah. let, my, let me let my architecture skills save you your building yeah and it also it worked out for Keating in a way because Rourke doesn't get credit but as soon as as, as long as the work is Pre- pre- like announced as Keating's work, it's good. Even though Rourke did it, but as long as it, but if Rourke got his name on the work, it's automatically bad work, in the book, obviously, like yeah. based on the um crit- critic column. But I just felt like their dynamic is like really weird because I don't think they l- actually like each other. But they don't. But they st- hate each other as well. They don't hate each other, but at the same time, they like. It's strange. It's like all it's- the relationships in the movie. Uh, sorry, in the book, it's never a straightforward one yeah and it's also that like they need each other it's like very parasitic they need each other but nobody really benefits from it yes never actually i feel like the only genuine relationship in the book was keating and katie's relationship oh like his ex-girlfriend that's the only genuine relationship i can think of like everyone kind of has agenda some mo- yeah they have some motives 
or like whenever they speak there's like subtext in what they're saying yeah. and it's like kind of hard for me to catch on to exactly what their goal or view is at the moment especially with a character like dominique like her her views and motives like changes throughout the book and yeah. i have to like catch on like what she's planning to do next you know yeah but yeah so i guess uh, i guess interesting topics to like think about like when is your own like how can you know if your stance is good or like when is it bad like can you can you still be seen as like a hero if your if the work that you produce is quote unquote bad and like can your work really be bad because like because in the book right like does it mean that like everyone in the book is like blind to Rourke's talents but what if he's his talent is actually bad because like the readers can't see it right like it's all based off of the author's what like says, description yeah. yeah so you don't actually know so how can you know if your work is like actually bad or like are you good if you believe in yourself mm. but you're like your work is bad you know like it's yeah, so many that's gray true. areas i guess it's because to her ayn rand the premise for architecture being good is very clear-cut it's as long as it has no ornament and it serves its purpose to the barest extent like it has to serve its purpose really really well and you have to use as little things as possible to like for it to serve the purpose like it has to be very clean so I think because the goal is like very defined, so for her it's quite easy for her to define what is good and bad. But yeah, I think you're right. Like maybe part of the reason why she wrote it that way was because she wants us to see Rock's point of view as well. Mm. Because to him, it literally like there's no other option. Like his his book is literally the best. Yeah, which is really weird, especially in nowadays. Like there's no one definition of good. Like everyone has such a different view, anyways. So it's just hard. To like pinpoint, I guess, and also, like to a certain extent, like the author is praising Rourke's work, right? So like we're forced to believe his work is good, without actually seeing it, since it's in a novel, right? Yeah. So like in a sense, you still need people to appreciate your work in order to move forward, and like in the end, people actually found beauty in Rourke's work. So like, is that still collectivism? Like, is there really a purpose to, like, producing work when no one can appreciate it except yourself? Like, I really don't know. (laughs) I think there is. Something that she really brings out as well is the beauty in the pursuit of creative expression. So part of the reason why Rock's considered a really good and moral ideal is also because he really enjoys, like, the creative journey of making things. Like, he loves the earth. Like, he loves using his hands to build stuff and making the things come together. So, that's also part of the reason why he's such a great character. So, maybe there is a reason to produce work that no one else can appreciate. I guess, I guess in a sense that, like, yeah, you kind of, you, it's nice to have people to appreciate your work, but you kind of have to learn to appreciate your work yourself first. Mm-hmm. before other people can appreciate because I think Keating never kind of appreciated his work like his main drive was to like, create work that people would like mm-hmm. whereas for Rourke like it was always like him needs to he needs to like it first before mm-hmm. other people can like it so I guess maybe that's the difference I guess I kind of answered my own question like yeah. the difference between people actually liking Keating and Rourke's work is that Rourke really enjoyed and liked his work whereas Keating did it for the prestige because yeah. he didn't even want to be an architect in the beginning he wanted to be a painter this is a tangent but do you think your per- this is kind of related to the previous episode as well not previous the one before that but like, do, do you think your personality determines whether you want to keep things to yourself or share it because for example 
going back to like for example Valerie when she wants to when she sees something nice and she or she experiences something really good she wants to like share it with the world which is why she, she wants more people to experience it oh. therefore you want to share this beauty with other people but then other people like me I'm more definitely more towards the side where I see something that's really nice and good I want to like keep it to myself I don't want anyone else to like pollute it depending what it is obviously but I think it really depends on what it is and like also I don't know it's this is such a deep topic like it's 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 weird because I think it depends on how much help that thing is gonna be because I feel like if it's something like say like my portfolio work mm-hmm. kind of like because I did a YouTube video on that so I was like oh that's helpful to other people so I feel like I should show that mm-hmm. but say if it's something very pure and very personal to me say like a conversation that I had with a friend that I thought was like very thought-provoking and very personal to us maybe I only want to keep it to myself or share it with like a few friends that I think could really appreciate the the conversation and the kind of level we have in that conversation and not necessarily mm-hmm. like promote it to the entire world you know mm-hmm. but I feel like in general mm-hmm. if something happens and I think on a general level people can appreciate it then why not you would want like, more people right if it doesn't harm the know? thing yeah if it doesn't harm the thing yeah that's not what Dominique thinks but yeah that's interesting <laughs> okay I guess in a way to like summarize like our thoughts on the book I think mostly I, I did enjoy the book did you enjoy the book? I love I cannot love I really liked it like I could ah, it's yeah, like a page turner like I yeah, actually really wanted to read. see yeah yeah it was a good book I feel like it had a good plot line and I think the author like Anne Rand like she kind of got her point across like towards the end I was like whoa Rourke really is like the ideal man like until I really rethought about it you know yeah, what I mean yeah yeah but I think she got her point across like really well and I think just the conflict between like individualism and collectivism like the whole plot re- re- revolving around that conflict was like mm. quite nice and interesting also like the characters motives and kind of their thoughts changes like mm-hmm. throughout the book so it was like really quite interesting to read that also especially for us in architecture so we can kind of think about like our our thoughts in architecture and obviously it doesn't just relate to architecture because for the author she just picked architecture as a vessel it could be like any other field of work um mm-hmm. so yeah i think it's just kind of questioning like our motives and like our I guess, like, our views on, like, producing work, like, is it for ourselves or other people? And just kind of thinking about the way that we treat other people, other people's work, and, like, also our work, and, like, our work process is just, I don't know, quite interesting, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was good because it, I think things are good when they, uh, like, not things, sorry, I think media and medium that I consume, I consider it good when I think about it often afterwards, and... I feel that it has changed my life. Wow, that sounds so dramatic. But, like, even a little bit. So I feel like this book really has made me rethink a lot of things. Yeah, I think it definitely changed, like, my point of view a lot. Especially in the in the part that I think having to be more confident in my work and abilities and also just believing in yourself and, like, having more confidence in your work. Yeah, I think that's really important because you're the one that can push yourself. I said that, but I just think it's important that you're the one to push yourself and believe in your own work. Because I think you have to believe in it first before you can convince other people to believe in your own work. Otherwise, you're always going to be like an empty, hollow shell that doesn't have this, the, what do you call it? Like the 
the amount to like back yourself up when you're presenting your work to other people or you're trying to convince other people to like appreciate your own work which is what peter keating lacked in the yeah, book yeah i agree yeah. good read yeah five yeah, out good of read four out of five four out of five yeah i give it four to four point two just that five. i think it loses one point because it's like frustrating to read because the characters are just so like irritating sometimes because <laughs> they're so extreme yeah it's, it's a very extreme characters in the book but it was still a good read so yeah. yeah we recommend it if you're like starting uni or i don't know like just i think when you read it at different points in your life it gives you like different views yeah if it's a good book so yeah okay thank you for listening to this episode we hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you in the next one bye bye